And, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, trying to, I'm doing a little navel-gazing. Can't tell whether I have an any or an outie, you know? Yeah. I, you may wonder, what am I, what am I so concerned about my belly? Of course, you know, you get, after a while, you know, you get to the point, it's harder to see your belly button, you notice that? You gotta bend over further? Anyway. Well, uh, the whole idea is, well, the topic of belly buttons come up, okay? And dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, like, and you think, well, that's a stupid thing. Of course it is. This is a stupid podcast. So, I don't know. Um, hey, you know what we should do? We should team up and, and compare belly buttons. Every belly button is kind of like a personality. Have you ever thought about that? You know? Study your belly button for a minute, you know, um, and, and imagine the evolution of the belly button. You know, we're talking about dinosaurs, whether dinosaurs have belly buttons or not. You ever wondered about the belly, what kind of belly buttons did they have, you know, like maybe back in the, the time of Caesar, you know, or something? I don't know. It just, somebody should maybe do an entire podcast about the history of belly buttons. Anyway, it's getting a little too stupid for me. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Cause it's a great big stupid world On a dirt clod out in space Where it's not nobody knows If Jesus came back today They'd try to book him on the Oprah Winfrey show Cause it's a great big stupid He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Welcome to my stupid world. And boy, if this week could get any more stupid, I can't imagine how. Yes, I'm Insane Eric Lane, and I'm pretty insane this week. Absolutely. So get ready for some five-star stupidity. And I'm not even talking about my own life. No, sir. This is stuff I pick, and I hope you will give it a five-star rating when you rate and review the podcast, because it does help it to show up prominently when people are desperate enough to go searching for stupidity. Of course, don't forget to share the podcast on your social media feeds. You don't want to be stingy with your stupidity. And subscribe while you're at it. You can get your stupid fix every time new episodes are published on your podcast player. And if you download every episode, you can listen buffer-free when you don't have the adequate internet or cell coverage, you see. Oh, and this is the weekend episode. That's This is just one of two. I have a bonus midweek episode that drops every Wednesday that features the Insane Weekend Review and the Genius Awards for the stupendous stupidity. So... Get ready for some serious, stupid stuff. For instance, um, can you imagine becoming a multimillionaire with your lemonade business? Just imagine doing a little lemonade stand as a kid, and next thing you know, you are a teenage millionaire. A lot of folks dream of becoming a millionaire. But this girl not only became a millionaire, but became CEO of her multi-million dollar business. Oh, and you ask how old was she? 11. Yes, despite her young age, Michaela Ulmer from Texas created her own brand of lemonade and was able to score a sweet $11 million deal from Whole Foods. 
back in 2016. Now, Michaela is now 17. She first thought up this idea for her company when she was four. Right. She got an old cookbook from her great-grandma, thanks to great-grandma, see. Although the book was in tatters, the young girl did find a 1940s recipe for flaxseed lemonade, decided to give it a go. So she started selling it on a stand outside her house, even added her own twist. She put in honey. Now, the inspiration came after she was stung twice by bees and was left terrified. And she did a little research into bees with her mom. Michaela soon learned about their importance and the implications if bees were to become extinct. So she decided to add honey to her 1940 lemonade recipe, but also promote the protection of bees at the same time. Now she has a cause to go along with her tasty lemonade. So Michaela's Me and the Bees lemonade was born. Yes, that's right. I'd be happy if my teenager would just learn to take out the trash. Well, if you try to ground uh, your own multimillionaire teenager, I'm guessing all you're going to get is a cease and desist letter from the lawyer. Yeah, good luck, parents. You might expect this number from a Coke habit, but the drug, not the soda. A 41-year-old guy in Wales named Andy Curry says he finally kicked his addiction to Pepsi. It was costing him over $700 a month. He got hooked on it about 20 years ago, and he's been drinking it all every day since then. Now, he works at a grocery store, so he obviously had easy access. Now, until recently, he drank up to 10 liters of Pepsi a day. He says he was spending about 8600 bucks a year or more than $700 a month on Pepsi. Folks, that's like rent payment. That's like 25 bucks a day on Pepsi and more than $170,000 over his 20-year career as a Pepsi drinker. He realized he needed help when his weight kept ticking up and he finally passed the 250-pound mark. His doctor was also worried about, you know, diabetes. The 220,000 cans of Pepsi that he had con that had contained the equivalent of about 7 million sugar cubes. So he recently saw a hypnotist and says they knocked it out in a single session. Now, he's not sure what they did, but he didn't want a Pepsi after that. It wasn't even in person, by the way. They hypnotized him over a Zoom call. After their session, he drank his first glass of water in 20 years and he hasn't looked back. He says he's dropped over 40 pounds already and feels a whole lot better. Hmm. I wonder if somebody can hypnotize me over Zoom and um, suddenly I can start selling lemonade. Oh, boy. Well, that would be a surprise. But, you know, surprises in the mail are fun sometimes, right? Except when it's a vial of what appears to be human blood. Gin Begakis claimed that she ordered a leather chair from Amazon, but then found an unsettling addition to the package when she took it out of the box. She says, if I told you the leather chair I ordered from Amazon was packaged with a blood collection tube that is uh, full, would you believe me? She claimed in a post to Twitter. Well, here's Jen on her TikTok revealing the blood that was sent to her. Okay, so that's what we ordered, and 
to Google it. It's got a Q-tip in it. It's full. Now, the PhD candidate writes, I am as terrified as I am confused. And she had that 24-second video posted online, uh, had a picture of the box, the vial of blood in this tweet. She goes, I'm pro I am so profoundly unprepared for this type of chaos. <laughs> This is what she quipped in reply to the comments to the post. Begakis later updated followers on her blood saga, alleging she initially heard from Amazon, but reportedly has not heard from them again. Hmm. Well, a British drug trafficker was dealt a devastating blow by a sketchy mural of MMA star Conor McGregor in his home. Ryan Palin from Merseyside, Northwest England, was sentenced to 29 years after being busted in December of 2021. Local law enforcement recognized a distinctive mural of the UFC champion in Palin's home as being the same one found on an encrypted phone using EncroChat to traffic drugs. Palin was found to have been involved in a conspiracy to cover or to, uh, to supply over 1,500 pounds of cocaine, 30 pounds of heroin, and 80 pounds of methamphetamine. Now, despite the overwhelming evidence against him, Palin chose to go to trial, says Merseyside Police Detective Sergeant Graham Cahoe in a statement. He says, fortunately, the jury saw through his lies, and Palin can now consider the consequences of his actions while he serves a significant time in jail. Hmm. It's a good thing Conor McGregor knows how to defend himself, because I have a feeling this drug boss may hold a grudge. Hmm. It's kind of weird, though, but thanks to the English accent, British drug bosses seem kind of classy. Stargazers in New Zealand, they got a stellar surprise when they saw strange spirals of blue light in the heavens. The country's amateur astronomers put forward different explanations for what might be causing this unusual phenomenon, ranging from UFOs to commercial light displays. Now, The Guardian is reporting the story and um, has a stargazing guide, Alistair Burns, that told the paper. Uh, he and his nonplussed neighbors were left freaking out a bit by the lights in the sky, adding that the experience was quite an eerie feeling. But Professor Richard Esther, a physicist at Auckland University, explained that the unusual marvel was likely caused by a SpaceX Global Star launch from Florida. When the propellant is ejected out back, you have what's essentially water and carbon dioxide that briefly forms a cloud in space that's illuminated by the sun, Easter said. Now, you, you kind of get the feeling the folks in New Zealand have a lot of spare time on their hands. <laughs> when any propellant is ejected out the back, it's not unusual to see a cloud form, if you know what I mean. And then there's the Florida woman who was casually taking her dog for a walk and spotted a raccoon up in a tree. Well, that raccoon ended up attacking the dog, then chased both of them into her house. Now, Kira Clark used a broom to scare it into the set of blinds. Animal control then was called and came in and took it away. Here she is talking about the whole ordeal. He noticed something in the tree, so he stopped, looked up in the tree. The raccoon just raced out of the tree and charged towards us. So at that moment, that's when I started running, trying to get in the house as soon as possible. I was basically in like a panic mode. So at that point, I got a mop and I kind of scared it off with the mop. And then it hid in the blind. 
And it took them a little minute to come, but once they came, they got him and it was over at that point. Clark says she took her dog uh, to the vet the same day to get a rabies shot. She said her dog Jojo wasn't bitten by the raccoon, but will still have to be quarantined for six months. But wow, talk about uh, a story to tell for the ages. Well, if a parent could make it through the heights of the pandemic with homeschooling, working from home and everything else, you might think they're superhuman, but that doesn't mean they're not dog tired right now. <laughs> Researchers at Ohio State have found 66% of working parents with kids under 18 have been experiencing burnout. They also have found that mothers were more likely than fathers to say they were overwhelmed. Yeah, I think I can ad identify with that. Roughly 68% of moms reported burnouts during the study. Well, just 42% of the fathers did because, you know, they could just flip a switch in their head. Not surprisingly, though, the level of burnout varied depending on the number of kids the parents had. 60% of the parents with one kid experienced burnout. Now, that rose closer to 75% with two kids or three kids. But strangely, it actually dipped back down to around 60% with four or five kids. That's probably because you have a little help around the house. But then it trended sharply upward after that. In fact, 100% of the parents with seven or more kids are burned out, which is obvious. Also, burned out was more common among parents who had a history of personal anxiety and among families with a child who struggles with anxiety or ADHD. <laughs> Maybe it's the kids that are giving you the anxiety. <clears throat> well, thanks to an incredible fossil, paleontologists have now confirmed, are you ready for this? Dinosaurs indeed had belly buttons. And at the same time, set a new record for the oldest one ever found in reptiles and mammals. What do you know? We have people studying fossilized dinosaur belly buttons. Scientists from the Chinese University of Hong Kong and international colleagues at, in Argentina and the U.S. used this high-tech laser imaging technology to make this astounding discovery. Can you say maybe that they were um, navel-gazing? Well, the technology revealed the finest details of a 125-million-year-old dinosaur fossil found 20 years ago in China, which included a scar among the scales. Dr. Michael Pittman, the assistant professor at CUHK's School of Life Sciences, applied the laser-stimulated fluorescence technique to a fossilized skin specimen of a um, two-legged um, Pithecosaurus uh, as a plant eater. That was about two meters long and lived during the Cretaceous period. He says, We identified distinctive scales that surrounded a long umbilical scar in the specimen, similar to certain living lizards and crocodiles, he says. The joint corresponding author of the study, he also pitched in and you know, wrote in that study. He said, yeah, imagine, this specimen is the first dinosaur fossil to preserve a belly button, which is due to its exceptional state of preservation. Yeah, they found evidence of a belly button on a dinosaur. Even stranger, they found evidence of tattoos. What do you know? Huh. Yeah, no word on whether the dinosaur's belly buttons were innies or outies. What do you prefer? I, I don't know. I think outies are kind of interesting, you know? <laughs> hey, let's all team up and compare belly buttons. Why don't you, huh? <sighs> Well, this isn't the type of 
drive, you normally associate with golf. A group of guys in Texas were getting ready to tee off at their course near Houston when a Range Rover sped past them, and that was followed up by a cop car a few seconds later. Turned out that some 20-year-old idiot was running from the law and thought he could lose them by driving onto the golf course. The golfers tried to help the cops by pointing in the direction they saw the Range Rover go, and one of them got the whole thing on video. Here's a golfer and witness, Philip Morgan, explaining what he saw happen right before his eyes. After we hit a drive out, a Range Rover comes flying over the top of the hill. And it was the best start to a round of golf I've had in a long time. A lot more entertaining than my score is usually is. Now, the guy in the Range Rover made it across the course, but then crashed in a nearby neighborhood. Police say he had an assault rifle on him and tried to ditch it after the crash. Then, while they were arresting him, he spit on one of the cops. And now a 19-year-old kid in the passenger seat also got arrested later on. They found him at home in his parents' swimming pool and arrested him in his bathing suit. The driver's name is Gray Martinez. Turns out he was supposed to be in court that same day for another high-speed chase that happened last year. Now he's facing fresh charges for spitting on the cop and evading arrest in a motor vehicle, which is a felony, by the way. It's unbelievably reckless. And you thought the most dangerous driver on a course was... That one dude who drives the golf cart after 15 beers. What a jerk. Yeah, he didn't even yell four before driving past these people. Well, outdoor weddings can be a difficult thing to pull off thanks to Mother Nature, right? But sometimes neighbors, especially neighborhood Karens, can make it difficult, too. There's a couple that's uh, having their video going viral on TikTok after people posted footage from this outdoor wedding ceremony in Canada. And throughout the clip, you can hear the sound of someone mowing their yard. They even show the woman at the end of the clip. She's across the street very loudly and uh, awkwardly mowing, I put that in quotes, a portion of her yard with a weed eater. Actually, here's a clip of the vowels being drowned out by the neighbor's yard work. Your loving and faithful husband, in plenty and in love. The person that posted the clip said she did it on purpose. She said that there wasn't any known beef ahead of the time, but when they approached her and asked her to please wait a bit, she was, quote, not kind and yelled at them. Most of the comments on the video slammed the woman, saying that it was unnecessary and inconsiderate, and she deserved some retribution. But others defended her, saying that she was on her own property and that she did not agree to hosting a wedding in the neighborhood. So it's uh, something you just have to deal with when you don't book your own venue. But still, you'd think she could just maybe wait an hour? Of course, on the bright side, after this miserable Karen was done... Her lawn looked great. But here's my question. These days, who can afford to waste gas on a weed eater? Huh? <laughs> well, here's something if you want to waste your money on. KFC has invented a new utensil to make shoveling food in your face even more fun. It's called the finger spork. <laughs> Looks exactly like a normal fork but you can fit it on the end of your finger. So I guess if you put five of them on, you'll 
be like a spork version of Edward Scissorhands or something. Well, here's a quick explainer by KFC to enlighten us on their new invention, the finger spork. Are you tired of eating sides with a slippery spoon? Do you wish all your KFC favorites could be finger licking? Well, now they can be. Introducing KFC Finger Sporks, our revolutionary new eating device that makes everything finger licking good. They announced them in a jokey infomercial on YouTube, so I guess they're a novelty thing, not a real serious product. They actually look harder to use than normal silverware. Well, if you want to get one, you have to order a sides lover meal. Each order comes with two finger sporks. They'll have them at participating locations for a limited time, of course. Yeah, KFC now has little sporks that fit on your fingers because apparently our ancestors were not spinning in their graves fast enough. And I'll end this segment saying goodbye to an old friend. Internet Explorer has officially passed at the age of 26. It would have been 27 this year. Maybe you're too young to remember, but it was the browser everybody used in the late 1990s and early 2000s. It actually killed off the old browser Netscape, which I remember very vividly, which is what everybody was using before that. Microsoft made Internet Explorer, but it was also the first browser that came pre-installed on Macs. Now, they debuted uh, Internet Explorer with Windows 95 back in 1995, and more than 90% of the people were using the browser by the year 2003. Safari and Firefox then came along in the mid-2000s and took a whole lot of those users. Then Chrome showed up in 2008, and that's really what most people are still using now because it's really faster, although I actually would give you a little argument in that. It also tends to blowed itself up with a lot of um, background stuff, you know, using up a lot of your resources on your computer. Microsoft announced that they were killing off Internet Explorer and now officially have ended support for it. Now, if you try to use it now, it'll automatically redirect you to their new browser, Microsoft Edge, which is faster and more secure. And let's face it, if you still use IE and you need to call tech support, you probably deserve the abuse that's coming your way. Microsoft Tech Support, can I help you? Yeah, uh, my Internet Explorer won't load any web pages. Okay, open your calendar program and read the four-digit number at the top for me. Uh, sure, it says... 2022. Then why are you living in 1998? Clinton's not president, Seinfeld's off the air, time marches on. You don't have a Tamagotchi pet anymore, so why do you still use Internet Explorer? What's your next question? Where's the beef? Well, um, I I, I just thought I'd call to, to Call see on what? If... Your flip phone? Do me a favor and pull the antenna all the way out so you can hear me clearly. We don't support IE anymore. Well, I, you know, I thought maybe you could give me some advice on how You to... want advice? Open up the back of your computer and shovel more coal into it. Then maybe you can get your hotmail to load. Well, you're in a bad mood. Yeah, and you're in a time warp. Why don't you just complain to the little paperclip with eyeballs? Oh, right, you can't, because we killed off Clippy in 2001. I want to speak to your manager. Yeah, and I want to hang up on you. Get a life. Go outside and check your mailbox. I think there's a new AOL disc in there. Loser. 
Now, for some of the weird old sites that only work in Internet Explorer, there's actually a legacy mode in Microsoft Edge that lets you keep accessing them. So there's really no need for Internet Explorer anymore. The famous Internet Explorer icon will also go away soon because they're planning a Windows update that'll automatically remove it from all devices that still have it installed. Now, let me just say on a personal note, I was using Chrome religiously for a long time until I discovered the new Microsoft Edge. They did not pay me to say this, but I wholeheartedly endorse it 150%. In fact, I like it so well, I uninstalled Chrome on every device. It is light, it is fast, it is secure, and for the very first time, Microsoft has made a browser that works on Linux, which is what I use, Ubuntu Linux. And so now I use it on my Linux computers, and I put it on all the other Windows computers. Frankly, it is amazing. I never thought I would ever come back and endorse a Microsoft product again. But here we are. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. you get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. question here and we'll even get started all right um in the segment prior to the one that you and i have our little dog and pony show here on the podcast i had an interesting story which you didn't pick by the way on the discovery that dinosaurs had belly buttons and I'm just wondering, oh, yeah. do you do you think dinosaurs had belly buttons? I, you know, well, th- this does really change. Um, I, I wouldn't think so. And that, that is based solely on the fact that, from my understanding, a lot of dinosaurs, they, they had, um, like, they, were, they came from eggs, right? Yeah. And, and, and so I wouldn't see, you know, that, that would definitely change a lot of, about how, like, the gestational, you know, um, I guess life uh, uh, that, that goes into or, or stuff that goes into creating a dinosaur we'll say well, i know and but but you know i i mean apparently they found some 
uh, long umbilical scar in one of these uh, specimens that they were looking at in the fossils. Umbilical. I, you know, that's a <laughs> word that I'd like to use more often. <laughs> Do you think they were innies or outies? <laughs> I, yeah, I could see, uh, you know, I could see dinosaurs being an Audi person. <laughs> I, I, I could see the Audi, you know, especially like the big, uh, the big dinosaurs and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like an unbiblical. I'd be, um, you know, like, oh, yes, the pasta we had tonight was unbiblical. Oh, Uh, my God. You know, and and (laughs) I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm just still amazed that we have money being spent on the study of scientists doing navel gazing at dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, I. That's better than than the, the some things being studied. Let's be honest. Well, that's true. I, I spend a lot of time navel gazing, but not necessarily in that particular manner. And, and, and usually not at your own navel. I'm sure. No, no. Unless, of course, I'm. I, I only think well, the only use we have for for belly buttons is something to hold salt in when we eat celery in bed. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. But, yeah. Well. But no, no. I got to ask you. I mean, I you, I just sent you this this picture of this. A coffee, hard coffee drink or cider or something. I mean, and you said it actually kind of tasty. Now this, I, my oldest son sent me this this picture that they're looking at, and he's picking up some bottles. He wants me to try some of this. It actually looks kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, I I so you said it, it's like a hard cider coffee type. Yeah, yeah. It looks good to me. I mean, it definitely sounds like something my friend and I would try. Um, well, I would it, try that before I would try that venison whiskey. Oh, my goodness. So I, I was actually going to say the story that you sent me here about the, this uh, new whiskey from the same same makers of the venison whiskey we talked about. Yeah. And uh, for my best friend. Uh, well, you know, I, I was saying, like, I, I, I would absolutely try this. And he actually sent this to me about two or three weeks ago. Oh, just he? saying, he made another one, and, uh, <laughs> and and that's part of how I knew it. I was like, okay, well, when I saw this come up, I thought this is almost like an epilogue in a lot of ways, yeah, or, or like a developing, you know, story. Um, I don't know if you remember that, you know, what we like said the the um, the deer whiskey that was made with uh, juniper berries and other kind of boreal forest of the New Hampshire area things and, and fermented venison, and uh, I, I will say, that, you know, the the taste was exquisite. And unique, <laughs> uh, and occasionally pungent. Now, well, I, I would try all of these. I mean, I, we, I, I love weird food. Now, even if it doesn't taste good, you get yeah. a story out of it, and that's kind of what what the um, the perk is for a lot of us. Well, the same New Hampshire distillery, they unveiled a new whiskey, and this is this is what my uh, best friend had actually keyed me into a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now, it's got a, 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 like you'd imagine an unusual key ingredient. This one. Invasive green crabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and I think that that might, this might pair well with a, a future story that we've got coming up in a, in a <laughs> little bit here as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know so, what's anyway. coming, so that's why it's funny. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Tamworth Distilling. And uh, look, I'll say go to Tamworth Distilling if you're interested. They've got a bunch of really unique um, whiskeys to, to choose from. And, it, it was fun. I'd say it was very worth it. I enjoyed it. Um, well, they said that they teamed up with the University of New Hampshire's New Hampshire Green Crab Project to develop House of Tamworth Crab Trapper. 
which is billed as being, quote-unquote, made with a bourbon base steeped with a custom crab, corn, and spice blend mixture. Now, Stephen Grass, owner of Tamworth Distilling, he said that the developers boiled more than 90 pounds of the tiny crabs into a crab stock. And then that, that was then fortified with Tamworth-made neutral grain spirits and distilled in a rotary vacuum. It has crab on the nose for certain, Grouse told Forbes. <laughs> he said, the taste is like a briny and better fireball. Wow. Uh, so if you've ever wanted a briny fireball, then, hey, you, you, know, you know where to go. The yeah. crabs they uh, used for the liquor came from a Seabrook, New Hampshire trapper. Green crabs are native to Europe and are actually considered an invasive threat to the New England ecosystem. And uh, we were, he says, we were raising awareness of the problem in a way that is fun and interesting. And it also shows that through creativity and gumption, we can turn these pesky critters into a tasty treat. Now, I think that gumption is probably required to maybe take a sip as well. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I, get, I get a sense of coming. Um, well, Grass also says that we want more brave souls in the culinary arts to rise to the challenge, defeat the enemy by eating them. And, and so I think in Florida, we could start having maybe like, you know, lionfish steaks or something. Um, well, House of Tamworth Crab Trapper is being sold at a price of $65 wow. for a 750 milliliter bottle. Wow. Um, so an invasive, now I think invasive green crabs sounds delicious. In fact, I think part of what sounds more delicious is the invasive part. Like yeah. I think it might be tastier than just a regular crab. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, like I'm on top of the food chain kind of thing. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think that I've, I've never really heard of a whiskey that pairs well with tartar sauce until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, just the idea of invasive crabs, I'm not thinking about things that you eat or drink. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like it, bad a bad one night stand. You'd get invasive crabs, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but still, I think, I don't know, crab whiskey just would make me a little nauseous you know I, I i see am a bit more of a candy person okay uh and boy did this guy get the wrong candy okay this this was just i don't know it, it was so good because first of, of what he ate and for what his occupation was <laughs> okay he's a commercial bus driver the guy's been charged with 38 counts of reckless endangerment because he blacked out behind the steering wheel while he was munching on some gummies that he said he did not know were infused with THC. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Jin Hong Chen appears in the Bridgeport Superior Court after being arrested at his home in Boston. Now, Chen was driving 38 passengers from the Mohegan Sun Casino he stops the bus on the side of I-95 in Stratford. Police said they found him slumped unconscious over in the driver's seat. Next to an open package of Smokey's Edible Cannabis-Infused Fruit Chews. So toxicology tests shows that Chen had this high level of THC, the active ingredient in cannabis in his bloodstream, according to prosecutors. And he tells Judge 
Nadidi Moses that he had no idea he was snacking on anything but regular candy. Now, Moses ordered Chen in, uh, held in lieu of $25,000 bond and said his next court date. Victor Chen, the manager of GoGo Sun Tour, the bus company, told Hearst Television that Jinhuan Shen has been driving for the Boston-based company for like 10 years. He's got an exemplary record. So, I don't know. Taking the bus, I know it's scary enough without having to deal with a drugged-up driver. I mean, but I would expect my fellow bus passengers to be under the influence of THC, but not the bus driver. You know? Oh my gosh! And the, the thing is, this could happen to anybody because I'm a I'm a fan of gummy, uh, yeah. you know, candies as well. Though I, I will say, I don't know how much I actually do believe this bus driver because I've never I don't I don't think I've even come close to accidentally buying a THC. You know, uh, Mary Mary Jane gummies, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially with the name the like Animal Cannabis. Of gummies. Yeah, it has edible cannabis right there on the front of the package. <laughs> so that might be a little bit tough to, to uh, you know, sway, uh, I guess, the judge or jury in the court there. Um, I, I will say that he probably needs some help in finding legal candies to snack on. Probably. Uh, oh, yeah. If you are having trouble foraging for something to eat in the cupboard, though, this may be of some assistance. It's kind of like uh, you ever kind of notice how sometimes um, the, the more modern we get, the, the further back, uh, I, I guess, in, in um, the further back we go sometimes, I guess. So you're like, saying uh, the more modern that we get, the more primitive we become. Yes. No, that, that perfectly put there. Um, <laughs> that, that is exactly what I'm saying. And I think that, you know, what I'm I think we're thinking <laughs> the same thing here because this, this this in a way is kind of close to home. Um, <laughs> so people suffering from the cost of living crisis are being offered some help, and but not in the way that you think. OK, we're not talking government assistance. We're talking a map which shows them where they can find and pick free wild food, which oh. Is probably more useful than most of the government assistance that they do have. The yeah. community food support map shows people where food can be foraged from vegan bacon alternatives to flower heads that can be used to make puddings. Yummy. Uh, no, no, right. This is based in Rain Cornwall and this, the social enterprise family foraging kitchen. They're the ones that created the map as a valuable resource. Uh, and it's a source for all and a way for them to kind of offset the rising cost of living, they're saying. Now, yeah. despite delivering our free courses and food boxes, I felt that we needed to do more to help. This is what company founder Vix Hill Rider said. Now, the map shows people where they can find wild food in an area of Cornwall. It's described where you can discover the best dulce or you know, it's a type of seaweed known as sea lettuce flake. Then it makes apparently sustainable vegan, a good vegan bacon alternative or something. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've got a friend I think that would really enjoy this. And <laughs> it's one friend, though. I, I can only think of one person I know that would probably <laughs> actually enjoy this. Um, the funny thing, though, is, and you might know more about this, but I'm pretty sure. I, so I've got a great grandma. This would have been your grandma. Yeah. Who used to, you know, because the, well, they're poor in rural uh, Arkansas, drive to the side of the road and essentially pick weeds to make yeah. salad out of, yeah. uh, because I guess money was tight. And so in a way, I'm like, 
you know, we're, we're going to have people living like they're, they're in the depression era again, just with technology instead, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, which I guess maybe we would need to be able to grab that, uh, you know, that, I guess, what instinct that we've got that's, that, that passed down generational knowledge that we've lost. Neanderthal instinct, I think. Mm -hmm. So, so now you know where the right food is, as opposed to just, you know, being taught which highways to go to to pick the best <laughs> vegetable for dinner. I, I guess you know the economy is in big trouble when the best place to do your grocery shopping is in the woods. Oh, yeah. I, I live in the same, same place where you are, are supposed to poop, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, apparently apparently yeah. not anymore. You're supposed to bag it up. Uh, we talked about that. Oh, that's case. right. That's right. You have to carry your own. You have you, Right, carry your own. You doggy bags. Yes, yeah. I'm sure all the third world countries are looking at the U.S. right now and going, holy crap. <laughs> no, but seriously, maybe they can, you know, in Arkansas, they can come up with an app for your phone to help you find the best poke salad on the side of the road. So you can, you know, you want to go foraging for it on your own. But that, that, that always blew me away. How my, my grandmother would come in with, with this apron full of basically weeds. And, you know, she says she picked her a mess of poke and it's like, when you cook this stuff, it literally would kill all of the termites in the house. <laughs> Nastiest stuff I've ever had in my life. I don't know. Just just be careful. If you're going to go out there snooping around for something to eat, some of that wild food, you know, if you get the wrong kind, like if you eat that raw poke salad, it'll definitely give you some dysentery, you know? Of course, oh, man. Yeah. I, I guess if you're, a lot of folks go out in the woods, you know, to get a little nook-nook instead of some food. But you should be careful with that, too, because rather than getting diarrhea, you might end up getting a bad case of gonorrhea. Mm. And it's been a pretty tough couple of years if you're a single and you want a little nookie. OK, I mean, you got COVID. OK, first. And then you've got this. It's an apparent new strain of super gonorrhea that you got to worry about. Can we call it invasive gonorrhea? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can call it invasive gonorrhea. <laughs> well, they call it super because it's resistant to any antibiotics and it's very hard to treat. Uh, I guess a similar strain was found in the UK and New Zealand back in 2018. So this is the second type that they've seen in just the last few years. In fact, a guy in Austria recently told a doctor, oh, doctor, it burns when I pee. <laughs> so it turns out he uh, had unprotected relations with a sex worker during a trip to Cambodia five <laughs> days earlier. What? I mean, oh, just, just the idea of sharing a bus seat with somebody in Cambodia gives me the willies. But anyway, I, I, they're pretty sure that he got himself a good case of super gonorrhea. You think? You know? You'll be well, screaming my name for weeks to come. <laughs> so they gave the guy antibiotics, but he still tested positive weeks later. But luckily, they've tried another one, and, well, it eventually finally cleared up. But the test did confirm it's a new strain, and it is really hard to treat. And they were not able <laughs> to track down the woman that he got it from. Oh, so, well, that's great. I, you know, one, one more reason why I'm glad I am not single anymore because, <laughs> oh my goodness, um, super gonorrhea. That's uh, oh. just one more thing to the list of things, I guess, you got to check before you make sure to seal the deal. Um, yeah, right. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Nowadays, you got a lot more paperwork, I guess, that comes uh, with with playing the field. And, uh, you know, sometimes hitting a home run maybe isn't all that it's uh, cracked up to be. I don't know. <laughs> um, th- this does kind of lead into, though, and, and I'm surprised Super Gonorrhea didn't make this list. Uh, I thought this would be pretty funny today. Uh, you know, you ever you ever enjoy watching people give dating advice? Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Either like you know, looking at like uh, one of my favorites is watching people kind of comment on on some Reddit kind of threads. Like oh got, yeah yeah. Oh, what, one of my favorites is the Reddit thread. Am I the asshole? And yep. uh, and then another good one is just like toxic dating advice. And I, I enjoy that stuff here. Um, I find it funny. I'm also pretty immature. So, yes, um, of course. So, but uh, with this, so this is a kind of a, a little bit different here. Instead of it being toxic dating advice, this is just more so looking at it was a, a new poll that was online. And it was talking about on first date, like what are first dates deal breakers? Mm. And as it, as it asks, uh, if, if any of them are like if they're bad enough to just immediately eliminate the chance of the second date, you know, so what what to you would be so bad on the first date? I'm like, nope, not even going to the second. Right. Uh, super gonorrhea, I think, would make the list for me on this. But <laughs> now the, the poll here, it, it calls them first date icks. Uh, like icky, I guess. Right. Now, yeah, here are the worst ones. And this is just by the you know, when we say worst, we mean. The, the ones that got the most votes. I, I've i got a different take. I'd like to look at the smallest percentage of them up because yeah. those might be the most specific and the most telling. I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. But anyway, um, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this too. So 81% of people, this was the top one here, uh, they said that it it's the last date if they, the date they're, they chewed with their mouth open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and smack. You know, people making mouth noises when they chew. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I, I will say for for me on this, I, I think it it has more to do like there might be a spectrum of of what I'm willing to put up with and what might go too far. Um, yeah. Because like sometimes people act nervous, I guess, in in their own kind of weird ways. And um, but I, I will say that that, that could be very annoying, especially to, have to put yeah. up with the rest of your life. Um, now seventy nine percent there said it's a no no if they order for you. Without your permission, I can agree with that. Well, that's, you know, that's and here's the here's the inter- that actually happened last weekend. Okay, with my own wife, I, we're sitting. Okay, yeah, but but it's, yeah. it's different when you've been married for decades, right? As well, opposed to first dates. But still, it's a, it annoys me. Okay, and we're sitting around the table <laughs> at this restaurant. Okay, and Grandma's with us. My youngest son's with us. My wife and myself. And we've all had a lovely meal. And so my son sees this dessert, peanut butter pie, that he really wants. And, of course, you know, he has to convince my wife to spend the extra money on dessert. And so my wife says, well, okay, maybe you can order it and you and your father can split it. And I'm like, but I don't want peanut butter pie. (laughs) And then she she got out of sorts with me because I was messing up her plan. No. Oh, oh man. Well, um, I, I will say at, at this point, I, I've never tried to order for my wife, but in a way, I um, 
I de facto order for my wife right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's because she's come to the realization after almost five years that I always pick the better thing on the menu. And, uh, and every time we go out somewhere, which is not often these days, we, 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 we have been home cooking to the point where this morning, and I kid you not, my, my wife made homemade English muffins Ooh. from her sourdough scratch. And I, they turned out beautifully, might I say. Wow. Uh, we had homemade pizza tonight from, from a homemade pizza dough. She's been doing a lot with bread. I'll say that. She's got a sourdough starter that's two months old. It's a pet because it, yeah. it needs to be fed basically as much as my actual pets. Um, <laughs> but when we do go out, though, she always is disappointed. She picks what she thinks sounds good. And I can kind of tell you what I think she's going to get. And yeah. I can tell you that she's going to regret it afterwards when she tastes mine. Um, so when I order now, she just kind of half the time, she just orders exactly what I've ordered, knowing yeah. that I've probably picked the more tasty thing. Um, right, right. I will say that is a, that's a red flag. If it's a first date, that's kind of entitled and I don't know, a little controlling. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. That one for sure, I think would be, I, I don't know. I, I might be able to get away with the chewing with your mouth open for the yeah. first couple dates until we kind of mm -hmm. see, is that going to stick? And, and can we not work through that? Like, you know, but uh, ordering without, no, no, that's a character thing. It goes deeper than that. Um, sure. Well, next one down here, 57%. They said that they're done if the date keeps saying, Tee every time you uh, say something mildly funny. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that. that first huh? Oh, yeah. Of course. I, um, I, no, I will say it is, uh, it is attractive and nice to have a, you know, someone laugh at your jokes. Yeah. Uh, though I want someone to laugh at my jokes genuinely. And, uh, and, and that's what Mrs. Poncho does, thankfully, because yeah. I've got a lot of immature jokes. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of eye rolls with my joke, but no teehees. Yeah, no, no teehee. I will say, Mr. Pontro doesn't do any teehees, and I, I can appreciate that even more. <laughs> um, all right, well, the <laughs> next one down here is, uh, well, 56% that say they're shutting it down if they mention an X multiple times. I, oh. I can get that one, yeah. You don't want someone yeah. that's got a ton of baggage, or you don't want to be someone's rebound. Um, yeah. You know, if yep. someone's still getting over something, I don't know. I, I can get that one, I think. 52% said it's a no-no if they can't stop making sexual jokes and innuendos. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, can, that might be a problem with me. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> funny. I, you know, I, I can do that with my wife now, and uh, yeah. but only because she knows that I'm, I'm joking or kidding. Or because it would be considered, I guess, um, you know, not... Uh, inappropriate if it's right i guess with your spouse um but uh you know if it's a first date though i i will say i don't think i would have been a fan of mrs poncho if she was doing on, on her first date yeah um, yeah I, I think that, that's a little bit of a red flag here i've been teeing on before no i'm not gonna do that again um yeah. all right well the next one here 50 percent. so this is half they said it's over if they call themselves a quote-unquote professional cuddler <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I, I, I can say I, I want to be the only one being cuddled uh, yeah. with here. And um, no, no joke. When I was a teller, uh, a bank teller, I got a business card from someone. I still have two of them. I've got one I'm keeping in my wallet because it just makes me laugh every time I see it. And I've got one extra that left that I'm, I, I'm saving to give out to the right person. Uh -huh. uh, but I got, I got maybe five business cards from someone who they had business cards for professional cuddling. 
Wow. And I should say, it did say non-sexual cuddling on the business card. Um, yeah. Hilarious. But I don't know if I want to date a... They, they might be saying that to be cute, but I don't yeah. want to take any chances, okay? I don't want to date someone who's a non-licensed cuddler, I guess you could say. Um, well, the last one here, I got 49%. I think this is, I think this is a good um, uh, kind of strategy to go with here. It says a no if they call the waitress m'lady. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard that. I mean, the fact that 49% of people said this, how often have people called waitresses m'lady? I don't yeah. know. I guess I, I assume the same goes for calling a waiter my lord or something. Um, yeah. You know, like, like your character out of Game of Thrones. I, no, <laughs> I, I can call you my lord, though, because you actually are a lord at least, right? This is true. I am actually a lord in Scotland over a five foot by five foot plot of real estate outside of Edinburgh. So, but my wife refuses to be called my lady. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then you know, the property is in your name, though, right? That's true. That is true. But I, I've, I've decided, I think, whenever I leave this earth, I'm going to have my ashes scattered on that piece of real estate. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's a good excuse to get to Scott. If you, if you want to pay for my, my trip to Ireland, uh, I, I will scatter your ashes for yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. All right. There you go. All right. But really, I don't know. I mean, some of these turnoffs, I don't know. Some of them I've never heard of, but some of them I could probably identify with. I, I know that a lot of times, you know, if one person's an animal lover and the other one isn't, you know, or maybe one has a preference to dogs over cats or cats over dogs, you know, that that some people find that to be a turnoff. But I, I know for some people, you, I know. Well, that that is true. That is true. However, I, I know that if you're uh, one of the cat lovers looking for potential date, I tell you, I have a candidate. For you, if you like cats, okay. <laughs> Until, I, I almost can't believe this next story. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Forty some forty-seven cats. Forty-seven cats. Think about this. They've been rescued, not from somebody's house. Okay. Now I've I've seen stories where the cat lady lives, you know, in a house that's got you know infested with cats. No, these cats, all forty-seven. Were rescued from a parked car in sweltering heat, according to the animal welfare workers. Okay, now these poor pussy cats—they have been living in this vehicle with their owner. And by the way, I might add, the owner had recently become homeless, but did not want to leave her animals behind. So they found them in the car as it was parked at a rest area in the state of Minnesota. And temperatures, by the way, in that area climbed to about 90 degrees. So that's the day when the cats were rescued. So now inside the car, it probably would have been a lot hot, hotter than 90 degrees. But despite the heat, would you believe most of the cats, which were anywhere from like less than a year old to more than 12 years old, only had minor medical issues. 47 cats in a car with this woman, okay? Um, Actually, I'm waiting for the punchline, but I think that is the punchline. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, well, an investigator... I, I, I can't tell if it's funny or sad. Well, right, exactly. But the, the this uh, Animal Humane Society investigator named Ashley Puda says that, unfortunately, with the heat yesterday, he recognized that it was above and beyond what he was capable at the time. The owner had been living with the cats for a while, but he had not 
left them alone. He had previously given up 14 other cats that had been living in the car. So we're looking at now, what, almost 60 cats that he gave up 14. And once the 47 cats had been examined and treated, I guess they'll be then sterilized and then put up for adoption. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how big the car was. I mean, it's one thing if he had like a Lincoln town car or some big, large one, but you know, if he huh. had like a, if he had a car like mine, I've got a Toyota Yaris, you know, with 47 cats mm. inside that thing, you know, <laughs> imagine, imagine. But I did, I did catch up with the uh, crazy cat lady who had, oh, uh, a, yeah, this crazy cat lady, she's got something to say about those 47 cats that was found oh, trapped in that hot car. I bet she does. <laughs> Did you see? Some humans stuck 47 cats in a car and they had to be rescued because it was too hot. I love doing internet challenges, but I thought 47, that's like 10% of my kitty bitties, no problem. So I gathered up a bunch of the slower ones, cause they're easier to catch, so I could stuff them in the bathroom. I'm gonna pile them up to the ceiling and break the record. I got 30 of them in the shower enclosure alone. You should see their adorable little faces smooth pushed up against the shower door. It's so cute when they try to catch their breath. It looks like I can fit more in the toilet now because the ones I threw in there already have stopped moving around so much. I know what you're thinking. What if I need to use the toilet? You're funny. I got a house full of cats. You don't think we share the litter boxes? Amateurs. 40, so, so, I mean, from, from the story, it sounds like at one point there were more than 47 cats. That's what I got from the story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Look, one cat in my house is enough for me, uh, especially <laughs> paired with a dog. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I mean, where would they put the litter box? That's what I want to know. I was just going to say, I, 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 don't, I don't know how you don't smell the litter. I smell uh, the litter across the, the, the house, let alone yeah. just oh, the, yeah. the car. Oh, yeah. no, that would be good. Uh, and the amount of cat food that would be needed for this, yeah. I I will say though, I do know uh, probably at least one person who, if they needed to, they they would have probably pulled tried to pull that off too, because they yeah. they like to cling on to their animals as well. Right. But um, right. Yeah. No. You. you uh, th those cats would be the first thing gone for you. I know my dog. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be on the side of the road with my dog. That's different. Um, yeah, but so I, I do wonder though, what would what was um, would be said about this cat later, like you know, uh, on her tombstone? Like I, mm. I don't know if it's you know she she died surrounded by the people she loved. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it, it probably wouldn't cause as much controversy though as this guy, and I think this is brilliant. Uh, mostly because I, I'm now kind of, I've already begun starting to write my own uh, inscription, tombstone inscription, I should say, because I think that there might be, uh, there's, there's a lot more to do now. I, I think I'm going to go write mine like the Da Vinci Code. After yeah, there this. you go. There you go. Right. I send my lost loved ones on a wild goose chase for, if they want, look, if you want the inheritance, you're going to have to put the work in. But anyway, with this, though, and this almost is like the, you know, you ever been to the Haunted Mansion at that Walt Disney World? Oh, it's yeah. Like that, but for adults, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just a harmless inside joke, but some people are thinking it might be tasteless. And I'll, I'll, I'll see. Well, I think I already know what your 
take on this would be, but I'd be interested <laughs> to hear what, what our audience's take is. There are some people who aren't really happy about a tombstone at a cemetery in Iowa. And this, this might be the, the problem here. So it's in Iowa versus yeah. New York. I think New York, this would, this, I think probably most tombstones have this written on it in New York. Um, yeah. But there, there's a hidden message on the tombstone. And it says, so here's what the tombstone says. It says, forever in our hearts, until we meet again, cherished memories known as our son, brother, father, papa, uncle, friend, and cousin. Now, I, I paused at the moments I did on purpose because the way that the lines are set up, the first letter of each word down the left side spells out an expletive. And it pretty much says F off. Uh, in fact, it exactly says that. So if you're looking in a straight line down, you see the 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 f word uh you'd say bugger off i guess you'd say yeah um and uh, and it's not censored because it's it's obviously a nice poem to capture people's hearts on there and uh, <laughs> definitely not just a, a guy with a funny and immature sense of humor i don't know well the man's daughter she did say that it was intentional because it definitely was his term of endearment uh oh. she says but she also said that they didn't mean to offend anyone else at the cemetery. Some people are raising a stink about it. Now, I think I know what our uh, deceased friend here would say about it. Oh, um, yeah. But now that it's getting attention, it's possible that they may be forced to actually have to remove uh, the headstone here. Um, mm. You know, even though it wouldn't be obvious to most people who didn't know to look for it. Sure. Uh, well, the cemetery staff, you know, they, they are saying that profanity has no place where loved ones are laid to rest. But you have to really, really intentionally look at it. I mean, it's not something that really, it's one of those things like, you know, you wouldn't see it until somebody points it out to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, would, I would see that. Absolutely. I would see that. Um, <laughs> well, I did find the picture. I did find the picture of it, and I had to put it as the actual artwork for the episode. It's oh, great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, now, now everyone's not going to be able to unsee it. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but what's, I tell you what is the funniest part about the thing is that it's such a, a touching tribute to this guy. But then when you back away and get the big picture, that's when you're told to F off, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, I, I do think it's funny, though. I, I, I kind of want mine to say something like, he died doing what he loved, killing himself. Uh, oh, something like this. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that would be fun. I, if I was going to come up with something to go on my, on my headstone, I would want it to be well thought out, very clever, and it would require a lot of thought in order for you to really get what I was saying. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, well, you're making me really look forward to being able to read it right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would have to sit and think about it, and 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 I would and and the best part of it is I like that double andante. You know, when it, it, it's like like this like this particular headstone. It it's got all the touching comments that people would expect to hear and read about a departed loved one. But then when you kind of, you know, get the back, when you back up and you realize how things lined up, 
I just think that's just the, the best. I really do. If, do, if that do you, can, get, can I get like a preview or am I going to have to try to speed things up to be able to see I, it myself? You may have to speed things up, I, I think. But oh. no, it, this is actually have, has inspired me to, to, to actually come up with something really creative for, for my, I don't know, uh, eternal uh, message that I will leave. That's really, you know, that doesn't surprise me much, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. They I don't call you insane, Eric Lane, for no reason. That, that's right. That's right. I mean, and but because you know, it, it's kind of like I, I like people to come by and look at this and say, "What did he mean by that?" You know. <laughs> and of course, oh, I'm not. Gonna, I, yeah, I, and and the best part is I won't be around to ask. That's the best part. So you're going to be left <laughs> scratching your head, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we got we got just some... wait till you see the things that I leave at your gravesite. Oh yes. <laughs> well, I still I t- I told you the story about when we visited my parents' gravesite for the first time with my wife, and it had been raining terribly that whole week prior to us going to the cemetery. In fact, it had been raining so much the gravestones literally you could see the water had soaked into them and they were darker. Because they had been, it was just a complete dredging of rain, and and so my I was going to show my wife um, my you know the the headstone and at, at my parents' gravesite, and so she steps over to take a look at it because we had some engraving on the back and on the front, so she's going to read the engraving on the back and put one foot forward and went up to her knee in the dirt in the grave. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's her arms are flailing around, and she's like freaking out. And I'm laughing because I'm saying I'm laughing. I'm, I, and literally, she's literally up to her knee in in the dirt in the grave. Okay. And, <laughs> and I told her, I said, "Well, my mom always liked you." <laughs> that was like driving me to you know, uh, drive me down under. I guess with you. Um, <laughs> I know a few people who probably shouldn't show up to their ex, uh, you know, husband or wives' graves for that same reason, except for a different motive. I think, though. Well, in that case, they would probably be reaching up and grabbing them. In that case, you know, that's, but, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Oh, oh man. man! Well, we've got a couple of um, ask Pancho questions here, and um, looking for a little advice. I think um, this guy, Jared. I, I don't know if he had 47 cats or not, but uh, he does have a problem with pets after a breakup. Now, he says, <clears throat> it's a, uh, he says, my girlfriend and I have mutually decided to throw in the towel and that our relationship has pretty much run its course. And, you know, it's not easy as no breakups are, but it is mutual. But the thing that we've not figured out is what to do with our dog. Uh, we adopted it during the pandemic and, well, n- neither of us really wants to part with the dog or really take him away from the other. So what can we do? Hmm. Well, my first thought with these things is you, you do one of those really classic kind of, uh, you know, you, you, you set the dog up for like a test and you have to see <laughs> which one the dog chooses. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, like what you get from like a cartoon or like a like a TV show uh, sitcom or something, you know. Um, but, but the reality though here, well, any dog, like if you have a dog, dogs tend to, 
Um, and I don't know, I don't know if they just they go to the alpha or what, but they they tend to kind of follow. They they will follow one person around that they yeah. kind of view as their leader. I I, I suppose uh, my dog. I'm I'm the one for my dog. I'm the alpha for my dog. It yeah. doesn't matter where I go. He is following me. Very few times does he follow Mrs. Poncho if I'm <laughs> in a different room or getting up and moving. And so I, I think that it's only fair to the dog to let the dog kind of choose. And I think that both of you probably already know who that person is. Anyway, um, when it comes to, I, I mean, yeah, you will. And it, might, it could be the guy or the girl. I, I've got friends who uh, they've got, you know, two dogs and, and, one of the dogs really just clings on to the to the wife and the other dog really clings on to the husband. So that kind of works out there, but there's always going to be one. And yeah. I think that you got to let that dog choose. And, and, uh, and I, you'll know. And that, unfortunately, puts an awful lot of, that puts mm -hmm. an awful lot of pressure on the dog, though, don't you think? Oh, the dog doesn't know. No, no, that's the, and, and besides, it's uh, not like a kid, right? No. You know, imagine, imagine having to do that to your kid. I mean, uh, really... Some well, that's true. Think, so. yeah. I, that's true. But I mean, frankly, in, in the society we live in, I thought that might be just better to go out and get an attorney and have the attorney to decide visiting rights. That, that, you know, that is true, though. And you can have the attorney um, represent you as a cat. So then you have cats defending dogs and, and uh, oh, it, Bill Murray had something to say about this. I so. had totally forgotten about the attorney as a cat with a cat filter on whenever they did the zoom courtroom hearings that <laughs> that was good that was good i like that it would work it would work um well i've got one here as well that um this is from kelly and she says um my buddy has been super down he's just going through a rough time without going into detail i've been to therapy and it really helped me, uh, I think it would really help him a lot, but he's resistant to it. How do you coerce someone into seeking help that could, that they could really use, mm. um, or, or if they could really use it? I that's tough because you can't make someone do something, and and with that, just because therapy was really good for you doesn't mean it's going to be good for someone else. I, I will say though, therapy is is not um, it's not bad for anybody. I think it's good for for anybody. You don't have to have problems to, to go to uh, therapy and stuff, especially if you have a, a job that's draining, then that, you know, that takes a lot out of you. That, that's helpful there. But, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing would have been more just like pocketbook. And so I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe their thought would be, if you help pay for it, then sure. We'll, we'll take it. But, um I don't know how willing you are with that, but you really you can't make someone do something anyway. They're going to do what they're going to do. Um, the best you can do is just kind of encourage them and, and I, I don't know, be a friend or listen. Or sometimes, and this is me speaking as a guy, sometimes guys just don't want to have to think about that problem and just want to have a break from it for a minute. And that yeah. is the relief. That yeah. they need. Or maybe they could just be the therapy for that person. Well, uh, that, you get into dangerous territory there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you be uh, be the therapist well, there. Think about it. My, my problem is is I'm the reason they're going to therapy. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> have you uh, been therapeutically treated for some insane games? I uh, well. Uh, 
I, as long as they're not like super insane games, because yeah, well, right. I, I might I might need an extra dose of antibiotics for for uh, right. that kind of like kind of like the super gonorrhea. The super gonorrhea, uh, right? Well, maybe you could take yeah. a, a a little extra shot of that crab whiskey to get yourself uh, limbered up and ready to go. I I don't want any more crabs. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that... Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. at deciding whether to go to a steakhouse or a gay bar. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I think that um, I, I agree in that if someone brought me to a gay bar on a first date, I probably would not be going for a second date. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, look, it could be an honest mistake. Maybe they just may have uh, misread the whole thing, right? Uh, that is true. I, I would say that. I, I think I would at least know beforehand what what yeah. um I I'm not gonna be going on any dates with any guys. So Well, that's true. I, I that's think true. I think I, there, there shouldn't be any too many surprises, I think, in that, that realm. <laughs> I would yeah. Think. yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, <clears throat> speaking of the uh steakhouse or gay bar, you may as well start with this one, huh? You know? And oh, yeah. uh, well now I, I, I'm I'm gonna just this actually show, showed up in in this particular week's um, collection, and I just had to laugh because maybe you'll get it the second time around, okay? Uh, and I think you should make it. It'll be a pretty easy guess, I'm pretty sure, because the idea obviously on these things is I name a business, you tell me whether it's a steakhouse or a gay bar, and well, the first one you didn't really do so well on, but. I think you have learned your lesson. <clears throat> this uh, first uh, business that uh, is here, it comes from Jacksonville, Florida, and it's called Hamburger Mary's. Oh, I, I know this now. Okay. All right. Not going <laughs> to embarrass myself this time. This is a gay bar. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're going to give it to you this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's made the rounds back. <laughs> <laughs> We've been oh, doing this my. long enough now. Oh man. 
and 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 it has bec- it has literally been a recurring joke for the last several episodes. <laughs> Apparently, so. I'm the only one in my family friend group that has never heard of Hamburger Marys, <laughs> including Mrs. Poncho, who uh, uh. is one of the, the sweetest. Uh, this, it would catch you by surprise if she knew that apparently I did a little research on my own and I have uh, I think what I want to do I want to start coming up with steakhouses and gay bars in Jacksonville, Florida and see if, if you can distinguish all of them that would be <laughs> that, that would be pretty funny and interesting I, I would almost be again a little embarrassed I think yeah. for uh, <laughs> But, but is it really though? Is it should I really be embarrassed by that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But anyway, well, your next business comes from Gulfport, Mississippi, and the name of this business is called the Blowfly. The Blowfly. <laughs> I appreciate the um the. <laughs> I, I so what, I, I think it's a steakhouse only because I think they're trying to make it sound like a gay bar when you talk about <laughs> blowing people. Well, um, well. Or yeah, things. Yeah. Oh no. Um so yeah. I, I would say um blowfly, I, I would think more I think it's a steakhouse because yeah. I think it I don't know if flies have a proboscis, I, I guess well, we'll no. say. <laughs> well, I was just thinking if your fly was open, you might get blown. Oh that you I don't even know why I didn't oh my gosh, it was right in front of my the fur was hanging <laughs> in front of my face and I didn't even see it. Yeah, well. Uh, in all fairness, uh, it's a steakhouse. So, <laughs> Blowfly. Oh, my goodness. That's something like a bad pickup line now. <laughs> Would you like to go to the Blowfly? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's right down here. Zoop. Yeah, well, no. that, that would actually be like a first date ick, okay? Yeah, you know? That would be a first date ick for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Your next business is called Shaggy's Biloxi Beach. In Biloxi, Mississippi. Shaggy's. A, I uh, I don't know. Shaggy doesn't really bring up the give me confidence in, in someone's um I guess business uh, acumen. We'll say I, I think this is going to be a, uh, a gay bar. Shaggy's Biloxi Beach. <laughs> it, it's a steakhouse. Shaggy's. Oh my goodness. Oh man. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I guess if you go to Shaggy's and, and Biloxi, you better look for hair in your food. So, <laughs> all right. Your next business is in either Queens. that or you're going to get one of those like quadruple decker sandwiches that you get. Right. In, in right, 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 right. Uh, well, this business is uh, is in Queens, New York. It's called Icon in Historia. Icon in Historia. Astoria. Astoria. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm going to say Astoria is a more Astorage uh, <laughs> facility because I think that this is going to be a gay bar. Oh, that was a stretch. Yes, it is a gay no. bar. <laughs> In a stretch, you'll get when you go there, I think. Well, that's right. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, you really uh, <clears throat> pounded that one in, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Your next business, your last you, one. You, say is, you really wrecked them. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. The last business comes from Pensacola, Florida. It's called The District. The District. Um, these are tough because 
they, they kind of leave it kind of vague. You don't really know. Yeah. And it, it, almost like the vagueness is what draws you in. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a steakhouse, though. So. Okay. Yeah, that's a good guess, I'd say. Yes, it is a steakhouse. Yeah. I, I, I think you just missed one. That's it. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. I, lo, I think I'm proving last week was a like a, a, a loophole or something. It, it was, right. Right. Precisely. Yeah. Well. If we're on that kind of a roll, let's uh, go for porn star or weatherman this time. So oh, I've yeah. got some list of entertainers here, and you can uh, determine whether or not they are a porn star or a weatherman. Your first entertainer is Frank Major. Frank Major. Oh, man. I, I, do I remember him? We may have talked about him before, and this is tough because, man, that's good. Uh, especially <laughs> if you file it you know, with last name, first name, and you got Major yeah. Frank. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be a weatherman. Uh, it's a porn star. It's a great porn star name. I'll give him that. That is true. All right. Well, now this one may not be so hard. This guy, major. Uh, yeah. This entertainer's name is Brian Pumper. Brian Pumper. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All right. All right. I think that this is like a, a red herring. It's too obvious. Uh, no one's going to make that kind of thing. I think it's an actual weatherman. Nope. Dang. What <laughs> is happening? These, you know, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to start naming these instead. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen character or porn star. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's try this one. This entertainer. His name is Marcus Bailey. Marcus Bailey. Um, well, I think this is pretty safe, uh, and I think it's a weatherman. Uh, w I S. W-I-S-H in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's very good. All right. Your next entertainer, David Glenn. David Glenn. Um, I, I'm going to go with another weatherman here. Another weatherman. Yes. WTBC in Pensacola, Florida. That's right. Very good. And your last entertainer, R.J. Heim. R.J. Heim. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, uh, you sure he's a he's a Heim man, right? Uh, is, is that the joke? Um, I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, weatherman on this last one. Yeah, you're going out at the stretch, but but he's a weatherman, all right. Yeah. NBC Ten in Rhode Island. So. <laughs> not bad, not bad on that one. I was, I think you just missed one on that one as well. You want to no, take a I shot? Missed, at I missed the first two. Um, that, that's uh, true. That's right. Missed two. Yeah. That's right. Well, you want well, to try two obvious ones at that? It makes well, me feel dumb. I feel. I feel like a loser after that well, one. Well, but maybe, maybe you can try for the real hard one for golf course or rehab, and maybe you can reclaim yourself. All so, right. All right. Let, all right. We'll see what we can do. Let's see what we can do here. All right. Well, this is these businesses. You tell me if they're golf courses or rehabs. Your first one is in Cantonment, Florida. How far is that from Jacksonville? Oh, I, I have no idea on this one. Yeah. Well, this is called Cypress Lakes. Cypress Lakes. Um, I am going to say that this is a golf course. It's a good guess. It is a golf course in Cantonment, Florida. Very good. All right. Uh, here's one called Quail Meadows in Washington, Illinois. Quail Meadows. Um, I don't know what it is about the quail, but it, it kind of makes me, I, I'm thinking uh, rehab. I was thinking that too, but uh, it turns out it's a golf course. Very peaceful golf course, I guess. So 
Next business, Peoria, Illinois, is where you'll find White Oaks. White Oaks. This sounds like a rehab to me. Oh, yeah. Very much like a rehab. And what about South Oaks in Massacapa, Long Island? South Oaks. I'm going to go uh, stick with a, um, a rehab. A rehab in Massapequa, Long Island? Yes. That would be a, a two oaks in a row. That's good. All right. All right. Let's, let's try Millsboro, Delaware and Atlantic Shores. Uh, all right. Atlantic Shores. I, I'm going to go back to a um, golf course here. Mm, well, that turns out to be a rehab. No. <laughs> yeah, that could almost be either one. Actually, oh, really good. that's what I feel about all these, really. Except yeah. white groups. I think that was well, a pretty safe one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, <clears throat> let's go for strip club or daycare and let's see how well you do on that one. All right. And this business, you tell me if this is establishment as a strip club or a daycare based upon the name and location. And our first business is called Kate's in Evanston, Wyoming. Kate's. Um, all right. Well, Kate's. I, I don't I don't see Kate's as being a um like a strip club here. I, I don't know what kind of daycare it is, but I'm, I'm gonna say it's a daycare. That's kind of a weird name for either one of them, actually, but it turns out it's a strip club. Oh gosh. It, <laughs> yeah. it really was was kind of fifty fifty on that. It was, but just imagine telling your friends you're gonna go you're gonna go to Kate's. Hmm. I mean, it, what if you have a girlfriend named Kate and you live in Evanston, Wyoming? You got, yeah, I mean, you got I guess, a problem. I, I guess know? it could be uh, maybe safe, maybe not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I said, All right. Well, let's try this one. <clears throat> this is uh, this business is called Lo Lollipop Lane in Birmingham, Alabama. Lollipop Lane. Uh, I sure hope that that is a daycare. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, you don't want to go to a strip club and be licking lollipops, that's for sure. It is a daycare. Very good. <laughs> you might catch super gonorrhea. Oh, you got that right. If you have a daycare or a strip club named Lollipop Lane, you will probably be getting super gonorrhea. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. All right. All right. How about this one? In Flemington, New Jersey, it's called the Berry Patch. The Berry Patch. Um <laughs> Well, I um, I'm gonna go stick with a take <laughs> care on this one. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Unless, of course, if you were going to go to a uh, a business called the Cherry Tree, that might be something different. I don't know, but <clears throat> any case, uh, here's one called Tattletales in Gulfport, Mississippi. Tattletales. Okay. Well, uh, this is tough because you don't want to go to a strip club. And expect to be, I, I guess, what tattled on, right? Right. But tattletales, what, what what kid is gonna not get made fun of even worse for being tattletale? <laughs> That's bad. So I, I think that this is gonna be a strip club. Uh, it is a daycare. <laughs> it's a bunch of little tattletales in that place. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's, be... it's not a good thing, though. No, but I, I guess that's for all the. The mothers that gossip take their kids to tattletales. I guess. There you go. I like this one, though. This is in Atlanta, Georgia. This business is called Creme de la Creme. Creme de la Creme. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. We, this is where things get a little tough because we haven't had too many strip clubs. Yeah. But I can't 
think of a strip club calling itself creme de la creme. Uh, I, I, I can't. I just can't. I, unless, um, I mean, unless you're maybe saying creme pie de la creme pie. I don't know. It's That might go a little bit too far. Whatever it is, it. Um, I'm going to say it's a daycare against my better judgment. Because <laughs> if it's a strip club, it is the most t- tackiest name for a strip club I've ever heard. I tell you. <laughs> it is a daycare. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> you had your word oh, there. <laughs> that, that's insane. Oh, my. All right. Well, we've got fake news for Florida. We've got some great headlines that you will be able to see if you can determine whether they are fake news or really happened in the state of Florida. And so get, get you in the zone. Start thinking, Florida man. Here's your first headline. A Miami man threw feces at a judge during his trial and was later acquitted. Oh, well, look at that. Um, I, I Look, this guy must have a great lawyer if this was real. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know how you could do that. I throwing feces. It is unique enough, I think, to be Florida. <laughs> it's real, indeed. Yeah. Uh, my question it, is, if I, I'm is, impressed more than anything well, on that. One, yeah. Actually. I mean, first off, it was during his trial, so I have to ask, where did he get it? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Okay. All right. Your next headline. A Broward County sheriff was charged with DUI after hitting a Metro bus in his cop car. Uh, Charged with a DUI after hitting a Metro bus in a cop car. I am going to say that that is fake news. Wow. You seem pretty sure about that. Well, you're making me doubt myself. Yeah, there you go. It is fake news indeed. Did you just think it was just like too perfect or something? It it has all the, the ringers for a fake Florida yeah. All right. Well, let's try this one. A Fort Lauderdale dog walker let 13 dogs run free in a crowded pedestrian mall because Jesus told her to. Okay. Well, this is tough because a lot of, a lot of Floridians do love Jesus down here. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I see a lot of fake news show up with dog walkers for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> um, but usually it's like dogs getting secondhand high or something. Um, yeah. I, I think that letting dogs loose because of Jesus, I do think that that rings as a true Florida story. Mm, turns out that that was fake. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like that it could possibly happen one day. It, although it would be interesting to see if maybe somebody listening to this podcast might be inspired to do something like that. If it was fake. That's true. Well, know? I mean, inspired, I would think that it would be divinely inspired. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> All right. Here's your next headline. A Brevard County man stole 75 pool floats so he could have relations with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, the, I, the, those pool floats are shaped oh they also i mean i guess they they do have that uh inner inner hole in there i guess for i'm going to say that that is a florida story unfortunately yes it is but do you need 75 i mean you plan on i don't know i i I think if if it's a pool float it's going to get wet you can just wash it and reuse it you know i don't know they're going to have to start coming up with like a like a chlorine that turns a different color 
Yeah, well, you'll have to do that with like pee. Well, they're gonna have to yeah. start doing that with other kind of yeah, um, other other body fluids. fluids. Yeah. yeah, right. So, all right, your last headline: A Florida man was arrested in upstate New York after he threatened someone with an axe fled from police and was found hiding naked in a chicken coop. Oh, yeah. I think that this for sure is going to be Florida. Oh, yes. That had, had uh, Florida written all over it. This is the most Florida of the Florida stories here oh, today. Oh, my goodness. That was an exported Florida headline story for sure. Ex- exported all the way to New York State. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're exporting Floridians into New York. I think that may be why Pennsylvania has so many of these stories, because these are former Floridians that have moved to Pennsylvania, and they're pulling the same stunts up here. I I don't know about that. I I think that (laughs) Pennsylvania is just really kind of – they're they're stepping their game up. Yeah. Um, Things are getting weird. I I think we're going to have a few uh, good Pennsylvania stories next week, I think for sure. So get ready for more stupidity next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've I've got enough stupidity in my own life, but in in some weird way, this stupidity makes me feel just a little bit better about my own. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one thing's for sure. After going through as much stupidity in one week that I, that I have had to go through, I've spent a little more time navel gazing. (laughs) <laughs> Back to the navels. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's just a fetish I have. <laughs> That's it. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see what this week brings here. I um, I built a pantry uh, in our, our, I guess, our closet underneath our stairs uh, last Monday, and and it's been nice. So maybe maybe I'll have some more projects finished by then too. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, you, you get get your pantry made. Now you can do a little canning. We, you know, I do actually have a canning set uh, yeah. from a friend here. So we, uh, I, you know, as long as we don't get botulism, I think that uh, <laughs> we'll be fine and good. If you think I have written all the stuff that goes into this podcast, you're giving me way too much credit. No, I have to give credit to a talented bank of writers that I rely on for most of this stupidity. I haven't got enough hours of the day to go scoping out all the stupidity that's out there, so I have to give props to Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, the Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio at the United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.